You are listening to episode number 24 of the Secondary Science Simplified podcast. This month, we have been talking all about ways to end the year strong to set yourself up for success next school year. Last week in episode 23, we talked about deciding on your rocks to focus on this summer and then letting everything else go so you can really enjoy your time off and recharge before next school year. One great rock could be to set aside time this summer to take a professional development course. And so in this episode, I'm going to share with you an interview I did with a current full-time teacher who took the Secondary Science Simplified Professional Development course last summer. So some of you listening may not know that before the Secondary Science Simplified podcast, I wrote the Secondary Science Simplified course. In January of 2021, I was having so many conversations in my DMs and in my email inbox, going back and forth with teachers who were just really struggling and overwhelmed. And I wanted to help them practically figure out how to simplify their jobs so that they could have work-life balance. And from there, the Secondary Science Simplified Virtual Professional Development course was born. Last summer, over 130 secondary science teachers joined me in our inaugural year, and you are going to get to hear from one of those teachers today about her experience taking the course. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast and you want more practical and hands-on support in simplifying your life as a secondary science teacher, then this completely virtual work-at-your-own-pace course could be a great professional development option for you this summer. But don't just take it from me. Today, you'll get to hear directly from current teacher and former Secondary Science Simplified student, Nikki Pryor, about her experience last summer in the course and how it impacted her school year this past year. Nikki is currently in her 14th year teaching science in the public school system of Oklahoma. And in addition to being an educator, she's a small business owner, mother of two, and a proud military wife. I cannot wait for you to hear more of her story. So without further ado, let's dive in. This is Secondary Science Simplified, a podcast for secondary science teachers who want to engage their students and simplify their lives. I'm Rebecca Joyner from It's Not Rocket Science. As a high school science teacher turned curriculum writer, I'm passionate about helping other science teachers love their jobs, serve their students, and do it all in only 40 hours a week. Are you ready to rock the time you spend in your classroom and actually have a life outside of it? You're in the right place, teacher friend. Let's get to today's episode. Hey, Nikki, how are you? I am actually way better than I deserve. Oh, I love that. Okay, so I'm thrilled to talk to you because I first met you, so to speak, at the beginning of last summer, but since my audience doesn't know you. Um, Why don't you start with telling them a little bit about yourself and your teaching experience and maybe just like your background in education? Okay, not a problem. So um, obviously my name is Nikki Pryor. I am from a small town in Southern Oklahoma. I like to say that the cows outnumber the people here, um, (laughs) which is actually true. (laughs) Um, I am actually really fortunate. I get to teach in the same high school that I graduated from, which sounds really crazy. I know, but I love it. Um, I've not always taught here, but I also went ahead and I married a guy who I went to high school with and I, I know it's ridiculous. I love it. <laughs> um, I am a military spouse. He's been in the military for almost 20 years and we have two kids. Uh, we have a daughter who's 13 and a son who is nine. And I graduated college in 2007 and got my first teaching job in the fall of 2007. And I have taught in small Oklahoma schools for this is my 14th year now. And have they all been public schools? You said? Yes, they are all public schools. How many deployments have you all gone through in his military career? Um, he has had four overseas deployments and three of those we have been married. Wow. So it's crazy. It is absolutely crazy, crazy how much yeah. he's been deployed, but it's okay. We live through it and it's, it'll be what it'll be. Well, <laughs> thank you for his service and thank you for your service as yes, holding down the home front. Okay. So why did you always know you wanted to be a teacher or why did you decide to become a secondary science teacher? 
Okay, so check it. <laughs> Here's what happened. I come from a long line of medical professionals. My mom is a registered nurse. She was a registered nurse. And I think she became an RN in like 1981, 1982, somewhere around there. So that's all I've known. That's all I've grown up around. Both of my grandmothers were nurses. I mean, they were just everywhere in my family. So of course, I grew up around that. And I thought, man, I can do this. And I loved anatomy and physiology because I was around it all the time. So I set off and I go to Southeastern Oklahoma State University, which is in Durant, Oklahoma. And my major is nursing. And there was this moment where my mom called me and I answered and she just let it out. And she said, okay, look, Nikki, if you ever have thoughts of having a family one day, nursing is not the way to go. You are going to miss so much. And I remember like it just struck me because as long as I can remember, being a nurse has been the thing for me. And I was about to start my second year of college. And I'm thinking something that would have been helpful a year ago, but okay, (laughs) right? So I really, I sat down crisscross applesauce on a bench in front of the library on campus at Southeastern. And I thought, what am I going to do? Oh my gosh, because I really front loaded a lot of science classes. And I just sat there for a moment and I kept thinking and thinking and I go, huh. And a lot of my courses here, even at the college level, I've been tutoring my peers. I've been helping them understand. And what about being a science teacher? Why not try that out? And so as soon as I went and I talked to my um, advisor at that time, his name's Tim Boatman. He's now retired. Love that man. I talked to him about it and he goes, absolutely 100%. Yes, you can do this and you will be really great at it. And I switched my major right then and I just followed through with it. And to be honest with you, I still think the medical field may be something for me later on down the line. But for now, teaching high school science, allowing like the opportunity to get other people, I don't know, inspired or fired up about science has really done my soul so much good. I love that so much. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I I don't know if you knew I started as nursing also. Yes. A really similar thing for me too, was when I was kind of deciding, you know, what transition I wanted to make when I decided I didn't want to do the medical field. Cause my sister's four years ahead of me, she's a doctor, but I was watching her kind of go through just her process. And I was like, Ooh, that's a lot. And, um, (laughs) but I remember I was always tutoring my friends and I loved it. And so it kind of felt like a natural transition for me too. And I love too, that you haven't like put yourself in a box. Like the fact that you can go on into the medical field one day, if you want is great. And I also love always hearing the impact that one educator, like your advisor had on you and just like the confidence that instilled in you. And I love that so much. Oh my goodness. Tim Boatman. If I could just sing his praises, I would all day. And Dr. Brad Ludrick, like those are the two from Southeastern that I'm like, Yes. (laughs) That's how I feel about Dr. Jeff Marshall from Clemson. I'm like, he is like a celebrity to me. Like if I ever got him on the podcast, I would just be like dripping sweat and dying because I would just be (laughs) so excited. I took all of his classes that I could in undergraduate and grad school because I loved him. So what was your first teaching job in? And then what would have been over the years? Because I know you've taught a bunch of different things, but what have been your favorite courses you've taught and maybe your not so favorite courses? Um, well, my first year of teaching was the worst year of teaching that you can imagine. I had basically like the legal limit of preps that you could have. Um, it was a seven class period date and I had six preps. I, oh my <laughs> word, your first year. That is uh-huh. crazy. And, um, I was also the cheerleading coach. Of course. You and I was. Yeah, it was awful. And I also was the sophomore class sponsor, which helped to do the prom at this school. Never again. All I kept telling myself was the first year will be the most difficult year. And I taught seventh through 12th grade science. So if it was science in that school, it was me. And during that time, my husband was surprise, surprise, deployed. And we had, I think it was, um, I think we had two weeks notice to go ahead and pack everything up. And then he was gone. I was like, this is fun. This is a fun time. (laughs) Good memories. 
Yeah. So that first year, like I said, I taught seventh through 12th grade science. And then after that, I went to a wonderful school. I did not stay at that school. No way. Um, I found myself going to a different rural school in Oklahoma, and I taught an integrative physics and chemistry. I had a an actual chemistry class, and I had a forensic science class. And then I got a phone call after that school year that said, hey, we've got an opening here at your, your alma mater, if you will. And I was like, oh, you do? You want me? Well, I'll think about it while I was jumping up and down. And I was like, <laughs> yes, because I knew with my husband and his deployments, I knew we were going to go through it again. And I didn't want to be alone. I wanted to be closer to family. So I actually ended up being able to choose because both of the science teachers that were here at this school, they both left <laughs> in the same year. And I was the first one that they were hiring. And they said, well, you're certified in biology and physical science and chemistry. So which do you prefer? And I said, give me biological science all day, every day. That is me. (laughs) Right. So that's where I'm at. I, I love anatomy. I love forensics and biology is, it's just my happy place. It really, really is my least favorite class to have taught because you ask me, (laughs) I don't know if I can count it, but in my student teaching, I asked for life science and they gave me chemistry and physics. So I had to teach a physics class in my student teaching. So you're probably like one year older than them or like, you know, like you're like so close in age to those senior students. Yes, it was ridiculous. Um, So yeah, that is an experience I do not ever want to have again. (laughs) Well, so that would not happen. No, not doing it. I can relate to that because one of the preps that I had during student teaching, which, and again, so student teaching, so it was a small amount, but was a senior elective science meteorology. And it was like the students that like just needed one more science credit. So they didn't want to be there. And it was like spring semester, senior year, and it was meteorology. Like I did not have any experience in that. So I just remember every day being like this, this is a struggle, but. It was this is fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Never taught meteorology again. So I'm grateful for that. Okay. So the first, I guess the first time you and I connected personally was because last summer you took the secondary science simplified course. And so at that time, I guess your school year had probably just ended. How are you feeling with how the year had ended for you? Kind of like, where was your head that summer? That is another loaded question. <laughs> so I, I went ahead and I, I tried to think about where my emotions were um, at the end of the school year last year, because let's be honest, last school year, it was a roller coaster because we had in Oklahoma the year previous to that, the whole last nine weeks, we were not in session. And so when students were coming back, they were coming back after six months of being away, but not everybody came back. We had students that wanted to do blended. We had students that wanted to do virtual, but still be with classroom teachers like me and not be on the online program that the school offered. And so last school year as a teacher here, I mean, Again, it's rural Oklahoma. We have within this entire district of pre-K through 12, there are 920 students, which we serve. And let me tell you, all of the directions that all of the teachers were being pulled was insane. It was so crazy because as an educator and somebody who really wants to try to help these students, you know, try to break these generational cycles of you can be more and you can go on and leave this teeny tiny town. That's tough to do. I mean, if they're not showing up to class. So we got to the end. um, We finished school in about mid-May here and we got to the end. And I remember At graduation, um, we actually got to have an in-person graduation and we were on the football field. And I remember sitting there because there was a section for the teachers and I'm thinking, we made it. I don't know how, but look at us go. Like we made it. And I had a, a tag phrase, like a little line that I used all year long because I had to keep saying it for myself (laughs) to get me through some of the days that were really, really trying, really difficult. And I used it, especially in my anatomy class. And it was, we are better together than we are apart. 
And the valedictorian uh, in her speech, she literally ended her speech. She was in my anatomy class. She ended her entire speech with that. And she was looking over at me while she said it. And I was like, here we are. I'm going to, this is where the tears start. That made all of the struggles worth it. But, and I say that but at the same time, I was dog tired, Rebecca. I was so tired. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I had to be proactive instead of reactive. And being from a small school, we don't have a lot of resources. And I had actually purchased your curriculum and I had implemented that at the beginning of last school year. But with all of the changes, I was still trying to keep up because I had three preps. I'm the academic team coach. I'm doing all of these other things. And I knew I've got to do something so that I'm not constantly chasing my tail. And whenever you shared about your course that you were offering, oh, I was in. Now, not financially. I had to talk to my husband about it. (laughs) But I knew in my heart, I was like, I have to do this. I have to do this. That's awesome. That's encouraging for me to hear. So, I mean, obviously you may have had some reservations before signing up. I know you said financially, of course, because it's an investment. Did you have any reservations about like the time it was going to take or spending your summer doing a professional development course? Or were you just like, I'm so excited to dive in? I was... I guess I could say I was like nearly tingly excited. Um, I have to say I'm a self-proclaimed teachers pay teachers addict. Like it's (laughs) really, it it can be quite tragic if you pull up the list of all the things, but it goes back to, I am ever like a person who wants to learn. I'm always, always learning. And whenever I got your curriculum, I was like, this is it. Like, why have I never thought of doing this before? And I ne- there was zero hesitation on my end of, oh, wow, I don't want to spend my summer doing this. It was, how quickly can we do this? Let me go ahead and jump in. Let me get all of this taken care of. And again, the small school thing, we're up here during the summer. I mean, it's a team and a group effort around here. So coming up during the summer to work, it's not a problem for me. Right. I totally get that. Well, I'm like so encouraged to hear from you. So, okay. So to give people who are listening some background um, who may not be aware about the course, it's set up to be done entirely virtually, but it's kind of like a work at your own pace style professional development course because I've pre-recorded the content, but then we have like a live Facebook group and live Q&A sessions and things like that you can do, but the lessons are divided into seven units. So hopefully you, you probably remember, but there was the core values, relationships, culture, lessons, labs, assessments, and balance. And so each one had, a you know, four to five lessons that had about 10 to 15 minute video recording. And then you got your workbook too, that you went through. And then there were all the support documents too. So, you know, like the standard analysis document or the lab supplies audit or the rubric starter pack. So thinking about the setup of the course, how could you, what would you say was the most helpful for you about that? And like, what content did you enjoy the most from it and were most impacted by in the course? Um, well, I can tell you, I am very much a type A person. So being able to have my checklist, being able to know, okay, tell me what you're going to teach me, teach me, tell me what you taught me. Okay. That is how I live my life. It just works in my brain. And that is exactly how this was set up. So, I mean, you have it so perfectly. I don't know if aligned is the right word, but I mean, it's all mapped out. Like I knew exactly, okay, this is where I'm going and this is what I need to do next. And it was just a logical progression that made everything just flow. And whenever I first opened it up, the very first thing was the core values. And I have to tell you, I'm a, I told you I'm type A, but I'm also very much a Leslie Nope because if there's a binder, (laughs) I'm going to need to have it. Okay. Like I literally created the binder for the course because all of your content, I could print it out and I'm a paper person too, because again, give me a checklist and I'm happy with that. So I remember I was sitting down and I was getting ready and prepping everything. And I thought, oh, wow, there's so much in this. How am I going to have time for this? And I remembered when I got done with the course, I looked back and I go, but how did I already go through all of the things? (laughs) Like I, I looked back going, I cannot believe I did. That's amazing. Right. Like it was just, once you dive into it, 
you just can't stop. I think you were the first person who finished it all. I think you said that in an email because we have to do like a post assessment thing. I mean, I was just you were ready for it. I was. I told you, like, it was so rough last year that I couldn't do another year like that. I couldn't. And well, another aspect to it too is I forgot to mention earlier, I have a small business. I run a bakery out of my home. And so, like, just casual bakery, you know, (laughs) in your free time. Really, that's what it is. So I could not keep spinning all of my wheels and staying here at school, being the last car in the parking lot, like you talk about, and it being one of the first ones here in the morning, both ends of the candle were burning, burning, burning. And so when I looked at everything that your course had to offer, the very first thing that you have us do is go through and really work on our core values. And you also had like the classroom reset challenge. Let me tell you about this challenge. (laughs) I looked at this, I read through it. I set it down and I had to walk away because I have been in this same classroom for a number of years now. I thought I knew. I thought I was on the right path. This reset told me I was not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So after beginning the classroom reset, I went ahead and I started on the unit one, the core values. And you, in the work that we have to do, you ask us to do a lot of self-reflection and really you know, digging deeply into why are you an educator and what do you truly believe and validating for an educator that you are meant to do this if you are here right now. Like if you are the one that is wanting to put in the work and you are the one that's wanting to ask the questions of what your core values are, you are an educator and your values matter. We don't get that. We don't. Nobody tells us that anymore. And so to feel that support while I was going through trying to develop, man, what are my core values really going to look like as an educator in this new educational environment? It was a big one. It was a really big one. And so once I got, I guess, my feet under me and I really had my core values and I printed them out and I put them in my cute little binder. (laughs) Um, Once I had that, I felt almost like I had my armor ready. And from there, I just was able to go through the course and really bust apart the pieces and make it fit. But if you, like you asked me, what were my favorite pieces? It would have to be hands down the classroom reset and then also the core values. I love that. Yeah. I, um, I couldn't agree more about the classroom reset challenge. I try to do it like every May at the end of the school year. Um, and it gets easier every time. And that's one I actually, that's one that's, I originally wrote it for the course. And then I was like, I just need to give this to people. So it's available for free on my web, uh, on my website. And I'll link that in the show notes. But then I love the core values too, because I remember one of the ways that the course is structured for those of you listening is you can work at your own pace, but each unit doesn't unlock until you've done the one before it because the units build. And the reason I did that was because I think when you look at something like core values and something that's really reflective like that, you're kind of like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And you just want to get to tell me how to manage my class or tell me how to like analyze the standards. But really that core values one is so crucial for like setting the tone for how everything else is going to be. So I love that you loved it because to me, that's the most important unit of them all. And then everything else builds on top of that. And like you said, like we all may have gotten into education for one reason or another, but then now things are totally different. And so really reevaluating why you are where you are. And then also, I love what you said about the reflective nature too, because I've had a lot of requests, like, can you open up the course in the fall or can it just be something that's open all year round? And I've said, no, for now, I'm just saying, no, I'm like, I really just feel like it has to be in the summer because you really need that mental space to be able to digest the units in small chunks and like stop and reflect and really think about the things as opposed to like trying to do it at night after a long day of school in October when you're drowning. Like, I feel like it's the, it's, it's meant to be done when you're in a space to reflect on all the things. Oh, I would agree with that 100%. Um, If I tried to do this secondary science simplified course during a school year, 
there would be no way, even if I didn't have a small business that I ran, even if I didn't have children and a husband and all of those things, there's so much, I don't know, there's just so much grit to it that you want to pay attention. You want, you have to reflect Mm -hmm. and you have to go, wow, I never really realized that that's how I ran my classroom or that's how I presented my lessons or that's how I was doing lesson planning that was eating up a lot more time than it really should have. That there is a practical methodology to make this whole thing of teaching science truly simplified, but it takes the effort up front. And doing that in the school year, mm -mm, no, I don't think that it would be advisable. I'll put it that way. (laughs) I agree. Okay. So personally, my favorite part, which I was surprised by this was actually the Facebook components. That was something I added on as a bonus, like, Hey, we're going to do a Facebook group. And I did it as a bonus because I'm actually not a big Facebook person, but I was like, you know, this will be an easy way that if like people want to connect or ask questions or whatever. And then I did some live weekly Q and A's in it as well. But I ended up loving the Facebook group because I loved seeing, I loved it because people would post questions. And before I even had a chance to like come in and say anything, other people would share, well, this is what I, this is my cell phone policy, or this is how I handled this situation. And I just loved learning from everyone else in that too. And getting, so people could hear lots of perspectives. So what did you kind of enjoy about that community aspect of the course or that like more live component, if you will? I really loved the live Q&A sessions uh, because it was a time where it didn't matter where we were within the course. We could go ahead, we could log on, tune in, however you want to call it. And it was you and it was anybody else who had the time at that moment. And we could just be together and we could ask those questions and you could help us troubleshoot and help us understand a little bit more. And it was just so wonderful. It was a lot like just a virtual in-class session is what it felt like. So, I mean, it was to me, the live, the Q&A that we did via Facebook was worth the amount of money that I paid for the course. And I know that sounds kind of silly, but it really was because, I mean, it's a lot like any other course that you take at a collegiate level. It's on us to do all of the reading and all of the prep work. And then when we get to be with the instructor or with the mentor, we need to be able to ask those questions and we need to be able to lean on understandings. And that's what we all did. I mean, like you were saying, somebody would post a question and we would all be able to jump in there and say, well, here's what I have done or what I would do. And to that also was a validation because then as teachers, we were going, okay, so I'm not losing my mind on this one. Like that is reasonable. That's within the realm of reason, you know? Um, And the other thing that I loved is the amount of resources too, that we could share. And the fact that because it was on a social media platform and granted it was a closed group, so you didn't have just anybody jumping in. So it was a safe space. And what I loved is we could share resources if we thought about it while we were cooking dinner one night and go, oh my gosh, I can share this or, oh my goodness, I have this question. So it wasn't that we were just um, centered down and we could only ask questions during the live. We could always go and post them. We could always go and share the things. So for me, even though I told you like the type A personality, I still have moments where I'm like, squirrel, I've got to ask that question. (laughs) So that I love that component of the course. Yeah. I remember there was like one question where someone, we had talked about lab safety contracts in the labs unit and someone said, you know, do you have a specific one for this or that? And then people were sharing links like Flynn has this one, Carolina has this one. And it was great because it was like, we all pulled together a Google search of all these things. And I loved the Q and A's too, because it was kind of a chance because you know, I think sometimes we all have such unique teaching situations and I loved that the Q and A's became a place where someone would be like, okay, let me, they would. So for those of you listening, the way the format was, I had a Google form and people could submit your like personal scenario in advance. That way I could kind of read it. Sometimes I would follow up the email, like, okay, give me more context. And then I would prepare kind of like an answer to it. And then once I would share, people could also comment in and talk and say, well, oh, and you could do this or whatever. 
And it was really a fun opportunity to really get specific into people's situations. And it really inspired me too. There were a couple of things that came up in those sessions that led me to make like extra like resources, like that I would just share in the group, like, okay, this came up, I'm going to give you all this PDF or like, you need this. And so it was really awesome for me too. Um, And it's really one of the reasons why I ended up starting this podcast, because I loved the chance to like verbalize and just communicate orally with people. I just really enjoyed it so much. So another question for you then is, have you taken any um, professional development courses prior to taking secondary science simplified? And if so, how did this course differ or how is it similar to other PD courses you've done in the past? Okay, so as far as professional development courses, I've not ever taken a complete course like this was. And I will be completely honest with you, even with all of the the information that you gave or that you pushed out to us about the secondary science simplified being a course, I thought, oh, okay, well, this is just going to be like those professional development opportunities and those classes that may be a couple of sessions long. Uh, No, no, this really is a course. And this really is hours and hours of your time. So I've never previously done professional development that is similar to this. However, I have, um, I don't know if you've heard of it, but Champions for Science. Mm -hmm, Yeah. And I have actually, they've done, I think, two of them now. And I've sat in on both of them. And I've also been in on their demo days. And I've done the high school Champions for Science and the middle school Champions for Science. Again, I just love to learn and I want to see how other teachers are teaching, right? Your course as compared to those, I can't even say that they are one and the same because theirs, when you go to a professional development class, even if it, you know, is a week long class, you don't get the same cohesion that you get with this course. This course, like you said, you wait to allow us to go on to the next unit as long as we finish the first one. Like there is a a true progression of do this, then this, because trust me, (laughs) and it's there and you feel it. You really do. I mean, it is so, it just, it morphs and it feeds itself as you go through it. Whereas the other professional development opportunities that I've had, it's very much almost like a commercial where they're like, okay, this is what I do, which those are really great things. But it's the practical application of how can I fit that into my daily schedule and it not feel like another responsibility or another opportunity for failure? Because that's the way that for me personally, I always feel whenever I listen to those of, wow, these science teachers, they have their life together. I mean, look at them go, look at them shine. And then that voice in my the back of my mind would start to play of, why can't I be more like that? Mm. I never felt that in this course. I felt more of this is who you are as a teacher. And this is how you can make that work in your classroom. And the change in the dynamic between those two is monumental for somebody, especially like me, that needed to have my life simplified because there are so many things going on and I just needed help. And you gave me that help. I'm so encouraged to hear that because that's exactly why I want to create this because I think there are great, you know, professional developments out there. Like you said, that will come in, you'll get a ton of great ideas thrown at you and you're so inspired, but then you're almost overwhelmed by all the things you're having to add in. And so I almost want to do the opposite with this of like, let's like simplify down to the basics. And like you said, I wanted it to be super hands-on because this whole course was born truly from like my DMs and my inbox conversations with people who I just felt like I was always going back and forth with them. And I was like, all right, I want something that like I can share and do with like a group of people at once who, cause so many of us are struggling with the same thing. So I'm really encouraged to hear you say that because it's like, it's just encouraging to be like, okay, that was the goal. And that's, it seems like what it was achieved with you. So I'm so grateful. Even if it was just you, I'm so grateful. Um, it matter. No. <laughs> <laughs> so it's now been a, almost a year, which is crazy. It's probably been like nine months since you finished. So how have you used what you learned in secondary science simplified this past school year? And how has this school year looked different for you than the previous year pre-secondary science simplified? 
This is another loaded question, Rebecca. <laughs> I am telling you, like you have already spent so much time with me just recording this so far, but I could sing your praises over and over again on what I have been able to implement this school year, the current school year, as opposed to all of the years previous that have completely changed the way that my classroom operates. And it feels so, so right. Okay. So I wrote down a few things because I knew this question was coming. So the very first thing that I got to do, as soon as I completed the course, I am that person, you know, I printed out my little certificate and I did all of the things and I walked into my administrator's office and I was like, hi, Mr. Boss Man. (laughs) Look what I just finished. And I am so excited to tell you about this. And I just wanted to give you the feedback from it and let you know that if you ever have any other science teacher that needs help, that looks like they are nearly drowning or they are just floating along and you want them to fly high, this is what you need them to do. You need them to go through this. You need to direct them into this particular course. And he listened to me and I kind of, I told him about the units and the progression. Of course, I couldn't go into detail, but I told him just how wonderful it was and how exciting it was. And I guess I sold him on it well enough because he goes, man, I'm so, so happy to hear that. You know, that is really wonderful. And I leave that meeting. And then the next thing I know, I get an email from my administrator and he says, So would you be willing to do a core or a little class whenever we come back for the school year? You know, just go ahead. I really want it to be a Google training, but just anything else you want to throw in. So I sat down and I went to lesson planning. I did a little mini batch lesson plan for this little professional development. And I was channeling my inner Rebecca. (laughs) And I was like, I can do this, (laughs) right? And the feedback that I got was remarkable. And I thought, oh, hot dog. (laughs) If I can do that with other educators, then I can do that with students. And so having having that opportunity to do that Google training, but to kind of begin to implement and to practice the the ideas that you provided to us in the course was phenomenal. So then what I did is I set up a student supply station in my classroom. It's the coolest thing ever. <laughs> and I say that number one, because now it's not, well, if you need paper, it's over here. If you need a pencil, it's over here. Oh, highlighters are over here. I didn't just tuck things away into little crevices or crannies in the classroom. Everything again has a place and there's a place for everything, right? And creating a supply station and a stopping point near the door when the students walk in of hey, if you need something, it's not that big of a deal. We, again, being in rural Oklahoma, we have a huge majority of our students that are economically disadvantaged. And I never want for my students to come into my classroom and feel guilty or feel like they cannot be a part of the classroom because they don't have a pencil or they don't have a highlighter. I don't have to worry about the paper, though, because I give them everything in a packet at the beginning of the unit. I give them that paper one time and all they need is a writing utensil at that point, but they know exactly where it's at. And there are tissues. I'm looking at it right now. There are tissues and glue and paper clips and colored paper for when we make our models with our curriculum. And there are scissors. And every once in a while, I'll stick a little encouraging note over there for whichever student comes up on it. And I have a little bulletin board that my classroom expectations are posted on that bulletin board. So they know, hey, if I don't have my packet, if I don't have my Chromebook or whatever it is that happens, this is what Ms. Pryor expects me to do. And implementing that and having that cut back on so many students that would wait until I had already gone through the bell ringer prime time and I'm ready to go. And they raised their hand. Ms. Pryor, I don't have a pencil. Which puts you in a bad mood. And then it's like this whole thing. It just creates drama. It's like the simplest thing, but it just creates drama. Yeah. Yes. So that um, implementing that student supply station 
And then the other thing is really um, following through with your anatomy of a class period and making sure that my students know every single Monday, whenever they come in, the way that I implement prime times is I post them in Google Classroom, the actual questions. I post the whole week there, but then I also still, I make them a paper copy of an answer sheet and I have it on there and they know every Monday, okay, we've got a new primetime sheet. Let's go ahead and get that and get it situated, get it in our binder. And then they know it's the coolest thing to see. I don't have to tell them what to do because they know what to do because the procedure is there. The routine is in place. And every day, whenever they walk in, in my, my prime real estate up at the front of my classroom, <laughs> yeah, you see, <laughs> I have um, my whiteboard next to my Promethean board. I write the daily agenda and I still, every single day, I will write prime time on there because it's a routine and I want them to know. And on lab days, most of the time we don't do a prime time on a test day. We're not going to be doing a prime time. But any other day, they can come in here and they don't have to ask me, what are we doing today? Or what's on the agenda for today? They know we're going to have a prime time and then they can read the board. And I don't ever have to tell them, okay, quiet down, go ahead, get out your prime time sheet. They just do it. Other teachers will walk by and they make comments like, your students are already in there working. The tardy bell has not rang wow, they're really getting after their work in there. My administrator will walk in. What kind of fun lesson are you doing today? <laughs> What's going on in the prior classroom? Or wow, like right now I have a the three-dimensional model of DNA that all of the students made the individual nucleotide pieces and we pieced it together and it's draping from the ceiling near the door when you enter. So it kind of you know sets the tone for what we're covering. It's just, it's always something that the students know when they walk in here, you're going to learn today. You are going to learn something new and they know how to anticipate, okay, what is it exactly? And that is invaluable. I mean, you cannot put any amount of currency to having that routine with the students and being able to implement that and really follow through with it has been, I would say, singularly the greatest classroom management thing that I've ever been able to do. And it never clicked with me before. Like I had done bell ringers, but just writing it on the board every day, even though I have a weekly agenda posted at the back of the classroom that I write every week, having just the daily, this is what we're going to, we're going to do. And knowing that you're going to have this prime time and having it set up in advance. So I don't have to run around during class change time and be like, Oh my gosh, what am I doing? What am I doing? I know what I'm doing and they yes. know what I'm doing. Those small like nuggets of energy that we expend wasted in transitions or answering re the same question over and over, those kinds of things, they really add up. And I think from our students' perspective too, life has never been more chaotic and it is such a gift for us to give them to walk into a space where they're not constantly wondering what's going to happen. Am I safe? what do I expect? Like they can walk in and breathe easy knowing I know exactly what to expect when I walk into Miss Pryor's class because oh, yeah. she has made it clear, you know, that's a gift to them. Well, they would not all always agree because they are still teenagers, <laughs> <That's> but, <true. laughs> yeah, but having that routine there for, for my students, it, it is the coolest thing because yeah, they're going to moan and they're going to grumble and they're going to be like, wow, we do something in there every single day. Like that's what you will hear them, you know, saying in the hallway or they'll say in other classes and teachers will catch them and then they'll let me know. Yep. They were talking about how they have a lab to do or they have this to do. And I'm like, you mean that they get to do? Yeah. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> totally. but it's, it's just, a, I don't know. It's miraculous. The change that it has made in me because I'm not stressed about what it is that we're going to do because I've already done that front load work and it's set, it's prepared. And now I can deal with the nuances of, you know, whatever their home life may be that could potentially be affecting them. I can build relationships and be able to focus on that and know, okay, 
maybe they are going to need an extra moment, or maybe I do need to make sure that I put their name down for our um, backpack list for the weekend so that I know that they have food for the weekend. Mm. I love hearing that so much, Nikki, just that you can focus more on the students now that a lot of those other things are happening in the background because you've gotten it all simplified for yourself. So if you were to reach out or hear from another teacher who's thinking about taking the course this summer, what would you say to them? You should have already done it. (laughs) No, I shouldn't say it like that. Um, I would say to them, do not stop in whatever step along the journey that you are finding yourself in right now. Like if they are just beginning to think about it, go for it. Dive completely all in because as much as it benefits you as the teacher, the benefit to your students and to your school environment, the entire climate of the school, the more teachers that will simplify their life, the better everything will operate. And I just, I want to sing it from the loudest spot in the county and be like, listen, I have the answer. (laughs) (laughs) If you could all just go ahead and follow me. (laughs) Um, It's, there's no reason to not take this course. I mean, I'd been a teacher for 13 years. I thought that I knew about education and yeah, 13 years, I've taught a lot of different things and I've learned a lot and been through a lot of difficult situations. And I thought that made me better. It didn't make me better necessarily. What it did for sure is it made me more tired (laughs) because I kept carrying around the heavy weight of how can I make this work for me and still have a life outside of work Mm -hmm. and going through the course? Oh my gosh. Super simple. I mean, it's ridiculous. Once you have somebody else go set boundaries, have a balance, do the things that you need to and realize that you don't have to do everything perfectly. Who knew that saying (laughs) those sorts of things could just go ahead and take the little spark that's inside of an educator and turn it into a roaring flame of, I am a wonderful educator and I am proud of what I am doing and I am sure of myself and my talents and my ability and let me teach you. Wow. I'm like just so thrilled to hear your experience and I'm just so humbled and probably a little emotional because I'm extremely pregnant now while we're recording this. Hopefully I won't still be pregnant by the time this airs. I would be like an elephant's gestation period if so. But no, that would no, not good. <laughs> that would not be safe. But I'm just very humbled. So I'm so grateful for you taking the time to share this because it means so much to hear it from someone who actually walked through the course. And so I'm just so grateful for your words and that other people will get to hear them as they decide if it's the right course for them or not. So last but not least, this is kind of a fun question. I wanted to do every person who's ever on my podcast. I want to ask this question. So I would love to hear one way that you simplified your life recently, and it could be not even classroom related. It could just be like a life hack, an organizational tool, a new habit you started, something you've Amazon Prime that's just made your life better. I don't know. So currently in or out of the classroom, what is one way you've simplified your life recently? I feel seen with the Amazon Prime because I'm slowly purchasing Amazon priming um, the containers, but I am buying those. You've seen them, I'm sure, on TikTok and all of the things, the clear plastic bins yes. for organization. I love them. Um, they are all in my children's bathroom. So everything has a space. They share a bathroom together. Having a 13 year old girl and a nine year old boy, we need clear division lines. Yes. Right? <laughs> it's in my pantry, in my kitchen. I really feel like I could have gone viral by showing my before and after of my refrigerator. Let me just tell you, it is in tip-top condition, and I would welcome anybody to go ahead and open up my refrigerator door and see the beauty within. (laughs) And it makes you such a better... My husband was so anti it at first because I went on a clear bin frenzy after the home edit, but he was anti it until he saw that we were eating our food so much better and not wasting food. And 
like actually keeping the weekly grocery budget because we could see what was in the pantry and like see what was in the fridge. And there weren't things just like dying in the corner behind 800 condiments. Like turntables are my favorite of all the things. I love the turntables with my condiments on them so that you can see all of the little things. So I love it. The fact that you can just pull the thing out and it's all right there. Like we have so many, it's, it's ridiculous. It's a simple, simple little life hack. And I am so glad that I did it. And especially in the laundry area too, I have a tiny laundry space. Mm -mm, I feel like it's the Taj Mahal of laundry spaces now because clear plastic bins. Yes. Go Amazon prime it right now. Everything has a spot. My mom keeps trying to get me on the air fryer thing, but I was, I'm like, listen, Robin, I cannot get an air fryer because I don't have a space for it. Like, cause I, and I, and everything has a space now in my kitchen. So yeah, I, I feel that entirely. Well, I mean, this has truly been a gift to me and I know it's going to be a gift to my listeners. So thank you for making the time. Yes, absolutely. Of course. I was honored to be asked. I really, really was. Thank you so, so much. Seriously, the pleasure is all mine. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you loved hearing from Nikki as much as I loved talking with her. If you are interested in learning more about being a part of this summer's cohort taking the Secondary Science Simplified course, head to secondarysciencesimplified.com to learn more. Now, the course won't be open for enrollment until mid-June, and during that time, it will only be open to join for about a two-week period. But prior to the course opening up for an enrollment, I will be doing a free one-hour virtual professional development called Three Secrets to Stress-Free Lab Days. This training is all about how to prepare and manage lab days specifically so that you can enjoy them as much as your students do. And I love to offer this free training because it gives you a chance to experience my teaching style and to see what virtual professional development with me as your teacher is like. And you just get to get a little mini lesson from the Secondary Science Simplified course before it's all open for enrollment to you. All registrants for the free training get to attend the live training from the comfort of your own home. Plus, for attending live, you get one of my favorite resources for helping you to be proactive on lab days. So head to stressfreelabday.com or click the link in the show notes to register. I would absolutely love to see you there. All right, teacher friends, that wraps up today's episode. If you're looking for an easy way to start simplifying your life as a secondary science teacher, head to itsnotrocketscienceclassroom.com slash challenge to grab your classroom reset challenge. And guess what? It's totally free. Thanks so much for tuning in and I'll see you here next week. Until then, I'll be rooting for you, teacher friend.